And now. And now. And now. Item. 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 With Tommy Lee. Item. With Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. I'm Tommy Lee, and this is the Item Podcast, my random record button for whatever's in my head at any given time. And today, some thoughts about a guy who died two years and two weeks or so before I was born. RFK 50th, Item 102. Been away for a while. I wrote up an item about three weeks ago that I haven't quite nailed down yet because it's going to involve a little extra work on my part that I've been a little too busy to get after. All of this will be clear when it finally hits, assuming it ever does. But anyway, given that I did an MLK show a while back and the 50th anniversaries continue to drop for the huge events of 1968, I thought it was only right to talk about Robert F. Kennedy. But unlike all of the other tributes that you're no doubt seeing in your feeds this week, I'm not here to gush and praise the man, nor have I come to bury him. I'm just here to observe what his legacy has turned into for a history buff like me, whose parents were 13 months shy of getting married when the man was shot, and still a couple of years shy of having me. Despite how RFK is painted, he was not exactly a shoe-in to become our 37th president. The battle for the Democratic nomination was an all-out slugfest, and Nixon was waiting in the wings to ride a dissatisfied Republican base to the White House that had not been very happy with the previous seven years of the JFK and LBJ policies from the Democratic side. Now, not unlike Hillary Clinton, Bobby Kennedy faced plenty of strong dislike within his own party. Even with his recent gains in the polls, Vice President Hubert Humphrey was almost assured the nomination in Chicago. At the time of his death, Kennedy was well ahead of the third real candidate in the race, Eugene McCarthy, who refused to drop out, but he trailed Humphrey by roughly the same margin. J. Edgar Hoover had every gear of his own machinery working against Bobby's campaign, never a friend of the Kennedys, and was releasing information about wiretapping Martin Luther King that RFK had approved in 63 when he was the Attorney General of the United States. That pretty much sank the candidate in the Oregon primary when he did so. But there were plenty of other problems with Bobby as well, many of them sadly products of the times. There are stories of infidelity, racism, homophobia, anti-Semitism, pregnancy, and on and on. At the risk of sounding dismissive, each of these were hardly uncommon in 1968, even among liberal Democrats. There were also tough questions about Marilyn Monroe, his lack of charisma, and even questions about whether or not he had cheated on exams while he was in prep school. But Bobby was showing signs of spoiling for a fight after weeks of starting to circle the drain in the process. On June 4th, 50 years ago from the night that I sat down to write this, there were three primaries happening in the U.S. He won South Dakota, he made a strong second-place showing in New Jersey, and he eked out a win over McCarthy in California. Humphrey, focusing instead on the process of winning all the delegates of the non-primary states, of which there were 36 of them at the time, was still a mile ahead of Kennedy in the only count that counted. Look, bottom line is this. RFK faced a really rough road to the nomination, even if he had won Illinois on June 11th. Earlier in the spring, when he made his famous visit to my town of South Bend for Dingus Day and also to Indianapolis and elsewhere, he was embraced by the Hoosier State's Democratic machine and won our primary handily on May 7th. A lot of the old guard Dems that I've spoken with over the years at our Westside Democratic Club, back when I was still a member, have said that he represented something new, something fresh. RFK, like his brother before him, 
they say represented the chance for their generation to eschew the politics of their parents and stare directly into the blinding light of the future together. I can't help but wonder how much of that opinion was spreading across the country in those early days of June in 1968. I know my mother has spoken very highly of his campaign as well. RFK is credited with helping to quell a riot in Indianapolis during that visit as well, when a planned rally after his victory instead turned into a wake for Martin Luther King. I've read conflicting accounts over the years that say he did exactly that, and also that say that the crowd was too shocked and saddened to have done any rioting in the Circle City anyway that night. Either way, Kennedy's words, delivered with little time for preparations, were poignant, direct, and compassionate. And they carried a very specific gravity, because this was something RFK had already experienced in his life, the passing of an important titan who was larger than life and had a big impact in his life. So say what you will about RFK, but in that moment, he did seem to be the right man in the right place at the right time to make the right comments. And he made them. But this is all moot now. It's a footnote in the history of a very troubled year. Look, there's a very interesting RFK miniseries on Netflix you should watch if you want to see more about how all of this unfolded 50 years ago. Now, it has some faults, but then again, all of those documentaries do. It's a very good four-parter called Bobby Kennedy for President, and it focuses on not just the man, but his impact on those around him and those he left behind. does a pretty deep dive. Uh, They even talked to the kitchen worker who was holding his head in the famous photo after he was gunned down. In the early morning hours of June 5th, roughly 50 years before I recorded this, almost to the hour, Robert F. Kennedy was gunned down shortly after delivering his California victory speech in Los Angeles. A lot of people are going to tell you this week how much better the world would have been had the man lived, what it would have meant to civil rights or Vietnam or gun laws and so on if RFK had been elected president. But you know what? No one can accurately say what would have happened. No one. However, before you assume that he would have been the eventual winner in 1968, bear in mind that Robert F. Kennedy was not really as well-liked as history suggests. He was definitely in a very firm second place, and we still live in a world that is awfully rough on the peacemakers. This has been the Item Podcast, written and produced by me, Tommy Lee, who just talked about a time and place for which I was not alive, so... Take my words with a grain of salt, as always. But I have a deep love for history, and what I've just said here is what my own reading has led me to personally believe. That said, I likely would have voted for him anyway, flaws and all, 50 years ago. The item comes out now and then, whether it needs to or not, here at Audio Boom and at iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Radio Public, blah, blah, blah. Probably your favorite podcast app as well. If it doesn't, let me know. The item podcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter. Uh, item doesn't follow much of a regular schedule, so if you do want to hear it, you should probably subscribe to it. I'd also like to invite you to check out my other podcast, The Archive, a fictional story based on my second novel. It drops every other Friday on most of these same places. And tell your friends about both podcasts, and I'll be your friend and stuff. Oh, and as usual, thanks for listening. The item is part of the Opt In On Demand family of podcasts. This has been Item with Tommy Lee. Ah! 
podcast by Federated Media. Podcast by Federated Media.